0: back to this month's episode of Alverno Voice. Today, I am joined by Amy Geronimi, current voiceover artist and an Alverno alum from the classes of 2004 and 2007. Thank you for taking the time to join me, especially after everything that happened. <laughs> um, your Alverno experience began when you were in your 30s as a non-traditional student. What inspired you to take this leap?
1: You know, I was a terrible high school student, um, and you know, because it was grades based, it really kind of sunk me in terms of my college career. You know, um, as a traditional student. So what I loved about it was that it was an ability based curriculum, and um, it was uh, learning that I could be creative with, and so it it appealed to me because I was that type of learner.
0: I feel like that attracts a lot of people, especially because mm-hmm. not everybody likes the standardized grading or anything like that. So right. Right. I agree yeah what about overno in particular was appealing to you besides like the whole grading system
1: well I mean my goodness so much I mean I had the most creative professors I had great. Uh, you know, students in my classes that I would consider, you know, some of them became lifelong friends. I I liked the community environment there. It was a nice, for someone who was a non-traditional student and attended school mostly on the weekends and a lot of evenings until 10 o'clock while I was working full-time, it felt great to be going to school with other people who were in that same place. Yes, I really loved that sense of community and sort of connectedness because we were all, um, adult women, you know, learning in a non-traditional environment at a non-traditional age. Uh, so it felt good.
0: What career aspirations did you have when you were working towards your undergraduate degree in community development and leadership?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I loved working as an AmeriCorps apprentice when I moved to Milwaukee um, in 1996. And so I did a lot of community-based learning at that time. And so I really felt like that would be a natural next step when I when I did start college, would be to focus on community leadership and development because I really loved my experience at the nonprofit I was working at uh, during that time, which was Children's Hospital, um, major nonprofit, but uh, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was teaching kids and I was able to um, really have a great career in the nonprofit sector for quite a few years and so I figured that it would be pretty cool to get my community leadership and, and development degree to complement that work and, and so that's what I did and I learned you know, you don't know what you don't know until you go to school. And I learned Mm -hmm. an incredible amount um, that I wouldn't have even dreamed of understanding or or knowing about leading in a community uh, until I did that program. So that's why I did that.
0: And then you returned to Overno to earn your master's in organizational development and adult education. What about this program resonated with you?
1: Yeah, I know. I wasn't planning on going to grad school right away, but I loved Elverno and the community so much. I took one semester off and decided to go to grad school. Um, I realized that I love helping people learn. So through my, you know, through my uh, teaching kids health education for many years through Children's Hospital, I knew that I loved to teach. And I was a stage performer in my twenties, so I knew I loved to engage audiences. But I realized I loved helping adults learn because I had um, an opportunity to do some tutoring while I was an undergrad at Elverno, and helping people see things differently or make the connection was really a great feeling. So it was sort of like, wow, that seems like a natural next step would be to learn how to teach adults and help adults learn.
0: That's great. Mm -hmm. So based on your background in LinkedIn and what we were able to discuss in our pre-meet, you worked in a nonprofit and corporate world for over 23 years. How did your alvernal education prepare you for your extensive career in the nonprofit and corporate worlds?
1: Wow. Well, I'm telling you what, learning about professional communication, uh, setting goals Having a vision, you know what it means to be a leader. I think I learned a lot about leadership during that time because, you know, a lot of times we come into um, groups or teams thinking, in order to be a leader, you had to take charge of things. And so, you know, through my experiences there, I was well prepared to understand that sometimes being a leader isn't taking, isn't being in charge, but it's really bringing others along, um, and highlighting others' strengths. So. I was well prepared because of those experiences and in, in sort of the group-based learning um, that we did, and um, you know through all of the times we were standing up in front of groups of people, you know either um, telling people what we've learned in a creative way or teaching you know others about something you know, new to them. So all of those experiences really enabled me to go into my work in Milwaukee, um, feeling very confident about my ability to communicate and connect with others.
0: After spending 20 years in this arena, you did make a significant career change. Um, How did your time in nonprofit and corporate positions prepare you for this change?
1: Kind of, the, kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, because I'm a voice actor now, it it sounds a little bit fluffy, but it's pretty intense. And you have to be very skilled, not just in being a voiceover artist, but you have to know how to run a business. You have to know how to create a vision. You have to know how to set a long term goal, um, and short term goals. Um, and and running a business, you know, as a voiceover artist means also understanding how to communicate about invoicing with the people that you're contracting with it's about working with sometimes you know producers who have really high expectations and learning how to sort of navigate your way through those different situations um and you know it it also and i think one of the biggest things is that i knew that in order to be a successful person in this business that i was starting you know at 50 years old um, that i also had to highlight for them what made me stand apart and so i went and got my national lgbt business enterprise certification um, and i also got my disability owned business enterprise certification i'm legally blind in my left eye Um, And so I have to have my studio configured in certain ways and I trip and fall a lot. (laughs) Um, um, Those were the things that, you know, when you think about Alverno, you think about how can you highlight your skills and experience to make you stand apart from other people? And so... um, that's what prepared me was all of the interactions I had in the you know of course the business world but then really going back to you know my abilities and and not only do I know how to be a voice actor but I know how to run a business and I know how to speak with people and I know how to negotiate and and um, you know take the lead when necessary and be a learner when necessary so all of that helps me be where where I got to be now with us.
0: I think that's great because I feel like a lot of people are very intimidated by what they could do if they went into like the entrepreneurial type of like arena. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just like stumps people. And they're like, oh, you know, I just, I should probably just stick with where I am. It's safe. So they'd rather be safe than take the leap, which I know a lot of people struggle with.
1: Very true. I mean, it really is becoming an entrepreneur. And they talk about that all the time in the voiceover world. Like you're an entrepreneur. You're not just a voice actor. You're building a business. You know, I'm the one, I'm the one who's in charge of me now and in charge of building my business. So that's a really great point. Yeah. And so it's, it really is taking a leap, but it's having the the courage to take over Yeah. Leap, I think
0: mm-hmm. during our pre-meet, you shared that you've always dreamed of being like the voice of something. Did you ever consider having an on-camera appearance for your talent or was voice work always where you wanted to be?
1: You know, I was a stage actor in my twenties. Um, I never thought about being on camera because I don't love watching myself on camera. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people in this world who love seeing themselves on camera. Um, But that just isn't anything I had really been very interested in. In fact, somebody asked me a few weeks ago, like, have you ever considered doing some on-camera acting? Well, maybe as a character actor of some sort down the line. But truly, what I wanted to do was get back into my creative space and use my voice for good in different ways. Um, So I've used my voice in terms of being an advocate for things in our community and all of that. But this was sort of a way to blend my education and my my community and corporate experience and my love for the arts and kind of bring it all to a place in my life where it's going to be my third and final career choice.
0: Mm -hmm. And then uh, where did this dream stem from or were there any experiences during like your upbringing that kind of contributed to these aspirations?
1: You know when I was a stage actor I knew that I loved tapping into my creative side. Um, Any experiences that really got me to that place? I not one in particular. I think doing the the stage acting that I did in my twenties, I, I worked for a professional children's theater, and um, I knew that I that I wanted to and needed to um, leave that world. And, and get an education. And um, little did I know where that education was gonna take me and it was a wonderful experience. But then when I was probably around 40 years old, I knew that I needed to get and wanted to get back into a creative space. And I'd always wanted to be a voice actor. I just always thought it was so cool to hear you know, all of the characters on shows that you hear, I mean, you know The Simpsons, my goodness, I mean, Nancy Cartwright has been the voice of Bart Simpson for how you know thirty some years and and she's just an extraordinary example of how you can build an amazing career doing this stuff, so I always knew that if I were to ever leave the corporate world uh, because I went from nonprofit to corporate here in Milwaukee, that I would uh, become a voice actor, and I said I would do it by fifty gosh, and by golly, I did that. <laughs>
0: How do you feel your Alverno experience was able to help you with this transition from being in corporate to just starting your whole business in 2018 and just focusing solely on like voiceover work?
1: I think what Alverno did for me, you know, back in the day was to help me understand, you know, how to what it looks like to be realistic with your goals or, you know, ensuring that you know how to make a long term plan or, you know, that you can chase after something and make it happen. Um, Having the means to do it, doing it at the right time. So I feel like my Alverno experience just ultimately grounded me in that reality that you can't just make a rash decision, that there are steps to take and ways to think about things and people to talk to. And, you know, all of the things that really go into making a leap like this were very much... um, (laughs) <laughs> built upon my Alverno experience. I mean, I, I don't know if I could think of one particular th- thing, um, but I do remember standing up and um, there was a, a great class I was in there um, in my undergrad program, and it was with Carol Barrowman and um, mm-hmm. John, John Savagian. and I believe, was the other co-professor for this class, and I got to stand up and Um, highlight what I understood about the Civil War. And so I created this like, this story of a woman who was, um, you know, um, escaping slavery. And it was just this like powerful, like, wow, I took from all of this learning. And then I was able to take my creative side and really fold it in and have this awesome experience. So I I think that's another way that El prepared me was to say, hey, it's okay to actually, Take your learning and your experiences, and your creativity, and things you didn't know before, and blend them into one thing that matters to you. And I've loved the Civil War. Uh, his I've loved Civil War history ever since. Thank you, Carol and John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you share to those who are interested in making a pivot in their career?
1: I would say, prepare, learn. You know, I think I said before, have the means to to do it. Meaning, you know, I had to make an investment in this, uh, this career. I couldn't just blindly say, I'm going to be a voice actor. I knew that I had to train. I had to be realistic about how long it was going to take to train and what kind of money I was going to need to invest in all of my um, equipment for my studio and, and, you know, demos that we have to make that we send to producers and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's my advice. Make it a longer-term goal. You know, short-term goals are great, but when it comes to making this huge of a pivot, as you said, or or taking this big of a leap, you know, you really have to take the time to prepare. So um, being realistic with how long it's going to take you, um, learning and having the means to do it, I think those are the most important things.
0: Mm -hmm. I I couldn't agree more. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to get to this little point, but they don't think about really, like, the big picture. Right. So it's nice hear the advice that you would give them if they were actually thinking about making like a drastic or even like a smaller career change for sure it would end up so
1: for sure I mean when I was 40 I wasn't in the same position I am now I was still growing in my career and I was still you know um proving to myself that I could have an impact in the community and you know having a 10-year-long goal was pretty realistic in the end and then I was like all of a sudden I was 49 and it was like oh my god I have to become a voice actor by 50. (laughs) But you know I had been preparing for that for for many many years it was years in the making so that would be my biggest piece of advice is go for it but go for it with with the idea that it's it can't happen quickly it's going to take hard work it's going to take determination and discovery and all of those great things.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of people put pressure on themselves saying, Oh, I have this idea. I'm going to get it done in a night. But it's like, gotta be realistic. Like you have to do it over either a few months or like a few years. Like it's at your own pace. You don't have to rush it. For sure. So So you've also mentioned that you express your passions for the arts and education through your projects, specifically in the LGBTQ communities, uh, servicing, supporting individuals with varying abilities. As well as causes tied to racial justice were there any specific projects that you feel were connected to or you're especially proud of
1: yeah for sure so far i mean you know i've i've i'm just completing my third year doing this and so um you know as you're as you're building in the first five years of any entrepreneurial <laughs> uh venture you know a lot of that is about training and growing and trial and error. So. It's only been in this last year or so that I've really started to, you know, really book the, the the projects. And one that I booked earlier this year that was super cool was through the Ford Foundation, and it was a disability awareness and education video, and I was one of my voices. The cool thing about it was that they hired people who had disabilities to do the voiceover work, so they didn't hire... They, they, they hired appropriately, so it was really cool to know, like, wow, I do. I have a disability, um, and it felt good to know that there are people in the world who want to hire people who have actually lived that in that world. Um, So my Ford Foundation video um, is pretty cool. My voice is sprinkled throughout the disability awareness video that they have up online. And that makes me very proud because one of the things I said to myself was, if I become a voice actor, I'm not just going to do any old thing. There are certain things I won't voice. You know, um, I have certain, you know, values and political beliefs and things like that, um, that um, make me really question some of the things that are out there um, that people voice. (laughs) But maybe that's their own, you know, again, no, it's somebody else's values and and interests and things. So that's cool. But I'm very particular about that. Like, I really won't sell myself out um, to do voiceover work. And I will especially gravitate toward things that are focused on the LGBTQIA community, disability community, um, racial justice is huge for me. Um, I actually have a, a TV promo demo that I wrote um, and that Randy Thomas uh, directed. She is 12 um, time voice of the Oscars. Um, she's BC Nightline voice. She just as well revered in the voiceover community as she's my mentor and my friend now. And I wrote a promo demo so tv promo is like you know um tonight on cnn like that kind of stuff uh so i wrote my own and randy thomas directed it and it was all um lgbt and racial justice-focused. So when I demo out to different agencies, and they're well aware that that is my goal, is to to work on as many projects as I can that have that focus so that I don't lose sight of what's important to me, so that this isn't just a fluff job. This is like a really important job. I can be a voice for animation or TV commercials for Tide or whatever, but I can also be a voice and an advocate for um, the things that I'm passionate about, that I feel um, should really have a voice behind
0: how do you find your projects
1: several ways that's a great question i have a couple of agents um which sounds so cool and weird to say (laughs) um my goal this year is to get um a coastal agent so in los angeles or new york and I'm, i'm pretty close to that because i just did a great commercial demo with a guy out in la um uh so so the agents send me constantly send me auditions so i'm auditioning for all the stuff you see on television um you know from you know public service announcements about covid vaccines to um you know um oreo cookies i mean i do i do all sorts of auditions for the for those big projects but interestingly very uh, little work comes from your agents I would say maybe 10, 15, 20% of the work that you do in voiceover comes from your agents as a general rule. The other thing I do is I'm on two pretty major casting sites online. So there are a ton of producers out there who list auditions daily. And I get up in the morning and I do my batch of auditions in the morning and I do my batch of auditions in the evening. So casting sites is where I get a lot of my business, actually. I mean, that's my bread and butter, I, I would say, is that I do a lot of corporate narration um, from the, through these casting sites. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then there's the, you know, doing your own marketing. So I am targeting you know, um, different groups of producers and ad agencies and sending them my demos and getting on their rosters and, you know, hopefully getting, and I have quite a lot this year, gotten some repeat clients out of the people I've worked with through my casting sites and so forth. So lots of different avenues and, and you have to work them all. You can't necessarily just work one of those avenues. You have to really have a, um, a plan for going about it in multiple ways.
0: So how do you feel you've grown as a creator, educator, and then advocate?
1: I've grown as a creator um, because creativity, I guess, to me, means a lot more than just having, you know, kind of good time, funny, ha creativity. Being creative is thinking of ways to build your business better, you know. Um, being creative is... How do I develop a plan for you know my future that sounds exciting and is realistic? I feel like for sure I've grown as an educator and an advocate because of some of the experiences that I've had in my you know um, years since Alverno and during Alverno. But you know, advocating on behalf of groups of people who are marginalized became really important to me when I was doing diversity and inclusion work um, in my last corporate role. I was teaching leaders across the country. Um, about what diversity and inclusion you know means, and what equity mm-hmm. means, and how they can build, um, you know, their mindsets around it, and help others, you know, come along, you know, and you know, understanding unconscious bias and things like that, you know. So I think that really helped me understand, like, what am I really passionate about? I'm really passionate about advocating for people who don't always have a voice or who need to be um, brought into the business or brought to the party i guess you know you would say invited being invited uh, to be a part of of the world in the right way and in an inclusive and equitable way Um, and as an educator really learning that teaching isn't convincing teaching isn't you know you have to hear what i say and and um if you don't hear it the way I want you to hear it, you're really not learning. I think for me, being an educator was also educating myself along the way, <laughs> right? So I'm going to help you all understand certain things and concepts and leadership development is what I did mostly in my, in my corporate career. Um, but I also have to learn myself and keep myself educated. So it, that's how I grew as an educator was to understand that it wasn't a one-way street.
0: Mm-hmm. So what goals have you set for yourself as it relates to your work within these communities? I think
1: my biggest goal is to work with an agency that intentionally focuses on uh, hiring diverse artists, people who are passionate about LGBTQIA plus that community, my community, right? I'm a part of the Mm -hmm. LGBT community and um, who are very intentional about engaging voiceover artists to um, are passionate about those things and aren't just trying to make some money doing it. I mean, there are people out there who will say, I'll do anything, you know, because yeah. they, they just want to, you know, build their career and, and make money doing it. And of course, that's not a bad thing, right? We all have to make money. But mm-hmm. um, so my goal is to really engage with agencies that are purposeful and intentional about hiring uh, voice actors who who are a part of these communities. Um, my other goal is to speak at um a global conference about how in the creative community we can advocate for ourselves and or be intentional about lifting others up and bringing them into um all of the work that everybody is going after and so um, i actually have an application in right now to speak at a big conference next year because i also want to be that person who's who can say am a voice actor, but I used to play a corporate leadership development person Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, in my former life, as I guess Mm -hmm. I would say. I don't know how else to say it, but, you know, I still want to I still want to teach. I still want people to Mm -hmm. um, have opportunities to come together and learn about, you know, topics that I'm passionate about. So it's a great way to do that. Um, So those are my two goals,
0: really. And then how else do you hope to make a difference within the voiceover world and then within your communities? That's an interesting question. Um,
1: I would love to make a difference um, in my voiceover world by, you know, being known as an advocate for um, people in marginalized communities. I think I would also want to be known as somebody who who is interested in maybe changing how things look in this world right now, or having an impact on how we can change it to make sure that um, everybody is more intentional and more focused on hiring the right people for the right roles at the right time. Um, if I were to leave a legacy, it would be that maybe I changed perceptions in the entertainment world um, about what disability is and isn't, about what racial justice is and isn't, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a beautiful goal. (laughs) I hope more people kind of aspire to do that too, because I feel like a lot of industries, they're kind of focused on like a picture-perfect type of person that kind of just fits into what they want instead of what they need. On your website, it shows that you're trained in several styles of voiceover work. So what would you say is your number one favorite?
1: So far, it's doing character work. I mean, I love auditioning for commercials that have you acting as a character. Mm -hmm. Um... I actually just did a children's book um, with a group in Portland. Um, i That's my favorite kind of stuff to do is creating a character and bringing it to life. So I actually um, voiced a book called Mr. Fairy. It's about this poor little fairy who didn't think he was the fairy of anything at all (laughs) but it turns out he he was so it's for um books it's like an online it's like the netflix of of um the book world so it's like a subscription-based thing for kids Mm -hmm. and parents so they can do like video books together um that's the kind of stuff that i love bringing characters to life engaging people with you know my ability to be a character i also love 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 tv promo work and so one of my goals in 2022 is to get my um i've been studying with randy thomas and there's a by the name of brent hagel he runs trailer voice artists in la i love tv promo so it's like you know coming up saturday you know or um you know this sunday on a and e like that kind of stuff is really intriguing to me it's just fun you know it's really fun to be a part of that world too and like meet the producers behind all of these things out in la and in new york so those are the two my character work and like tv promo work are, are the most fun corporate narration gets me the most work because of my background
0: mm-hmm. so between those two favorites is there a specific project that you are most proud of
1: well, I think I think my children's book uh, that I narrated this year is so far what I'm most proud of. Um, it's it's pretty cool. It turned out really really well, and the producers loved it, and the director loved it, and I loved doing it. Um, I I gave it a voice that they weren't expecting. I think that was what I was most proud of. Like when you do a children's book, you think you're gonna just come in and you know and uh, talk about Mr. Fairy, but instead I portrayed an older woman with a transatlantic accent. So that's sort of that accent from the old timey days where, you know, they talk like this uh, because it was sort of this blend of like British and and, uh, the new American. And it was called transatlantic. So when you heard all the movies in like the 30s and 40s and 50s, that's how they would talk, right? So Mm -hmm. I decided I was going to do an old woman who had that kind of transatlantic accent or dialect. And they were like, whoa, that is too cool. So I was like, Mr. Fairy thinks he's a fairy of nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so fun because they were like, wow, we never thought old-timey mid-Atlantic, you know, accent. So I was really proud of being able to bring that one to life
0: yeah it sounds like it's a lot of fun like just hearing that i got like excited so
1: Ah, that's great you could see a preview of it on youtube just uh go to youtube and search for mr fairy and you'll see like a one minute preview of the book and that's me
0: okay cool yeah Uh, so what was your dream voiceover role entail you think
1: my dream voiceover role would be a recurring character on a tv show like a netflix series Mm -hmm. Um, that would be just an absolute dream or, um, becoming the voice of like, you know, the intro to NBC news or the voice of, you know, CNN promos. Those are major dreams and they're going to happen. I just know it. I feel it. I'm working with the right people and I'm I'm doing the right things to get there. So hopefully I think being a character on a series would be my, my biggest goal. That'd be my Mm -hmm. dream.
0: Do you have a specific series type that you want to be on, like more like kid centric or like adult focused, or does Either it not me. really matter?
1: It I doesn't don't... really matter. I love all the kids stuff, and I also love the you know um, the adult stuff that's edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some great characters out there played by some really fabulous uh, artists who really bring things to life. And I would do it for for a kids show or an adult show. Either one mm-hmm. would be super fun.
0: That's great. This is a question that I love to personally ask all of our alums. What does Alverno Strong mean to you and how do you demonstrate being Alverno Strong?
1: I think being Alverno Strong is building and having the guts to (laughs) make a difference Mm -hmm. and, um, and really just pursue your, it sounds so cheesy to say, but pursue your dreams to just having the guts to go forward into the world and um, be a, a strong. Strong doesn't mean aggressive. Strong means that I can have a powerful presence, that I can make a difference in the world, and that I and and that you know I know I can do it because I have all of these abilities that I've worked on. So that's what it means to me is is really having the guts to go for it and make a difference in the world.
0: Most definitely, and I can say for sure that you've definitely demonstrated that with your work in voiceover and then all the leaps you've taken so congratulations on that and i hope you do end up reaching your goal for doing like an nbc type voiceover or like oh, a that'd be so cool to say that like i know that voice so. wouldn't that be cool <laughs> yeah. I know that'd be really
1: cool <laughs> well thank you yeah i mean it's weird it's like who knew i mean i i graduated from graduate school i think like 15 years ago and mm-hmm. at that time i did not have my sights set yet on pursuing my voiceover career at all and so now here I am you know having had all this experience in the corporate world and it's sort of strange but also really makes sense for me so I'm
0: glad to hear that so that's all the questions I have but thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast I was really excited about this episode I'm so happy um, I got to talk to you
1: <laughs> oh my goodness the were too kind well I am super happy to do it I always love you know giving back to Alverno in any way I can I have had a just a tremendous um, experience there over the seven seven point five years I studied there. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I appreciate you asking me. That's very kind.
0: Of course. Yeah, I saw you on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, this is gonna be such a cool <gasps> one. Everyone you see it as like a financial analysis or yeah. know, like, you know, business. Right. And I'm just like, oh, I want something a little bit more fun, not just yeah. like Aww. so. I was happy I found you. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm happy you did too. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Of course, yeah. Thank you for talking to me, and I hope you have a great
1: day. Thank you so much. It was a, a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. Thanks again. Take care. Thank
0: you. You too. Bye.
1: Okay, bye-bye.